0: Cultivate Simple. Episode 48, Building Community. Go dwingle that.
1: I'd rather be a farmer. I'd rather work the land. I'd rather see the mountain sides. I'd rather see your head. I'd rather swim the ocean, I'd rather not pretend.
0: Welcome to Cultivate Simple, an honest and unrehearsed discussion about trying to live a more simple life. This is episode episode 18, no, 18? Geez, I'm a little bit off there. Uh, Episode 48. 48, so it's 18 plus 30 I suppose, episode 48. Eight.
2: That's all right. You're in your late thirties now. You're allowed to.
0: I'm the old mind is slipping.
2: That's right. Slipping. Get off my lawn, you kids.
0: <laughs> yeah. So it's episode 48. And today we're talking about building community. And episode 48. Uh, That's a
2: lot of talking.
0: It's a lot of talking. And not only is it a lot of talking, but it's been a lot of time. Um, Because this, I believe it's this Tuesday. But anyway, this week represents the one-year anniversary of the podcast. So that's kind of cool. You
2: were trying to talk me into a podcast. Yeah, and what it took you about a year or more, right? Yep, you kept saying, "Let's do a podcast." I was like, "But that means I have to talk." (laughs)
0: the introvert's worst nightmare.
2: It's like, it'll just be like talking to me.
0: Yeah. And has it been?
2: It's not too bad. For the most part. Sometimes it's a little too extroverted, but yeah, I don't listen to it. So it's not too bad. I would never be able to listen to it and listen to myself talk because then I'd never be able to do another episode.
0: Yeah. Sometimes when I'm editing in the office and I have it coming across the speakers rather than through the headphones. <laughs> Sometimes you come in and kind of chuckle and then French. walk right back out. <laughs> but that's all right. Yep. I have a runny nose again tonight.
2: I think you're allergic to the dining room.
0: Oh, it's driving me nuts. Yeah. Because I don't want to sniff. I think... I th- yeah. That comes from my, my upbringing. My grandma was very, very insistent about... No
2: sniffing. She
0: would always say you need a tissue? That was kind of her signal of go blow your nose. <laughs> that's
2: <laughs> quit, why you say that. You sniffing. always say that to me after I sneeze.
0: Right. Well well, you might need a tissue after you sneeze.
2: Yeah. I suppose there might be a That's what you have sleeves for. An
0: emergency. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So yeah, so I'm sniffing again tonight. So I'm sorry, dear listener, if I have to exit for a minute, or I'm sorry, Susie, if no. I have to exit for a minute and you have to continue we'll talking.
2: We'll have to pause it. Um I can exit and get you some tissues.
0: Oh, while I, while I fill in, that's right. Um, You're better right. filling in. I don't know. For some reason, my, my things isn't working tonight. My little volume control. Anyway. Um, so it's dark. 48. It's been a year and we've talked a lot. Yeah. Yes. That's what we were saying. Um, and yeah, you originally didn't want to do the podcast, but we ended up doing it.
2: Your powers of persuasion,
0: and I think I think it's been good. Um, a lot of people like it. A lot of people, I think, are getting something out of it, and that's mm-hmm. kind of the reason we wanted to do, to do it. Mm-hmm. Over the years, over the what is it, five and a half years now that you've been blogging,
2: something like yeah. that. Yeah,
0: over that time, I, think I mean, I
2: started in two thousand eight. The purpose of
0: the blog has evolved from. You keeping track of when you plant and harvest things into more of an educational. I mean, to Maybe a certain extent, yeah. um, It it is a lot just about what's going on right. here around well, the run and what you can't we're do doing. Educational everyday, right? Um,
2: <sighs> that takes a lot of, too much time.
0: Yeah, it does. And and during this time of the year, especially during harvest season and yeah. uh, and and slaughter season, um, we don't have a ton of extra time for extended blog posts. That's winter work. Um, but as your blog evolved, I just thought that the, the podcast would be good because it's kind of an extension of that. A little bit more about us, a little bit more, uh, education, Mm -hmm. uh, educational opportunities. So hopefully it has been, hopefully people have, have enjoyed it and have at, at least gotten something out of it. Um, And in that vein, was that a good transition? Um, (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Well, I I wanted to thank. Are you going to get me a tissue? Oh, thank you so much. You're such a lovely wife. Not just because you get me a tissue. And not just because you made me apple pie the other day. Uh, (laughs) As she laughs from the other room. That should be our our what's for dinner. Apple pie and... That's with, what we had for lunch and yeah. breakfast. Yes.
2: Because that's the nice thing about being adults, particularly being adults with no children around. Because you don't have to worry about kids saying, How come you can have pie and I have to eat vegetables? <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. So yeah. <sighs> oh see that's why you should move away to to the tissues yourself. Is it? Nobody is wants it, to hear that.
0: Is it more rude to sniff or to blow my nose on the podcast? <laughs> I
2: don't know. It's a toss up. Toss up toss up.
0: All right. Well, now at least I can uh can talk without trying to time sniffs. Okay. Um what were we talking about? Apple pie. Yeah. You being a good wife. Oh, and a thank you. Yes. I wanted to thank uh last week we talked in the podcast about our one year anniversary. Um and about, you know, hopefully some of the value that we've given over this past year in entertainment, f- value of entertainment, <laughs> entertainment value if nothing else. Entertainment. Entertainment value if nothing else. Maybe no educational value whatsoever, but maybe some entertainment. Um and I wanted to thank and I'm not sure because when the donation came through PayPal, the the name on it was James, but the it had shipping address, which obviously we don't use uh for for donations, but um I believe it's LeVon. Mm -hmm. Uh, so either James or LaVon, uh, or both, both, if, if both of you listen, listen. yeah, that's true. Um, thank you so much for your donation. Uh, we got a one-time one-time donation of $50 from them. So that, that really, we really appreciate that. It's basically a dollar an episode. And as far as I'm concerned, you're getting a dollar's worth of entertainment (laughs) out of each episode. I mean,
2: especially the stew 4.0, which everybody raves about how funny it was. Yep.
0: Well, last week's episode, everybody said that their pets liked it, yeah. so you know have your have your pets send a dog biscuit um, <laughs> but you know another podcast we listen to uh is where we got the value for value idea, and we really appreciate their podcast and we donate to their podcast yeah um but they always say during that you know you go to a, a movie and you pay twenty thirty dollars to get into the movie and then you got to buy some popcorn and a drink and yeah. next thing you know i mean it's 50 bucks for a couple hour movie and half the time the movie's crap so you know it, half the it, time it, yeah it's
2: like 90 percent of the time well for you
0: crap. uh so we say that to say hey how about this week to celebrate our one-year anniversary? Why not give us a dollar an episode? Why not give us a, a donation of $48 if you've never donated before? Um, and we also, I wanted to thank again our monthly donors. Yeah, We much have appreciated. Uh, a, a few, I think we're at 14 monthly donors um, that give just a little bit each month to support the blog and the podcast. We s- really appreciate it. And another way you can support the podcast, which I haven't talked about in a while, is through our Amazon affiliate link. Uh, If you go to the blog and you click on the uh, support section or other ways to support, there's um, uh, an Amazon affiliate link that you can use, or you can just click through any of the books that are in the sidebar of the blog um, at cultivatesimple.com or at chiotsrun.com, and it doesn't cost you anything to do this. If you're going to buy anything at all through Amazon, just uh, stop over at the blog, or like I said, you can bookmark um, one of those links, and then that adds our little affiliate code at the end. And like I said, it doesn't cost you anything. It doesn't add anything to your price. What it does is it just gives us a little bit of advertising money. Um, on the back end. So Amazon gives us uh, a little percentage mm-hmm. depending on what it is. The percentage is different, but that really helps us out too. Mm-hmm. Um, just to pay the hosting bills and the uh, the we had to separate out where we host the audio files. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, just it really helps out and it encourages us. Um, it, it really <laughs> sort it makes of,
2: us more likely to do it.
0: Weekly, yeah, because uh, there are Cause there, there are weeks, weeks we where
2: it, where we're sitting down to record it at ten o'clock at night. And yeah, super tired. Yeah. But, so, yeah. but today it's seven o'clock, seven thirty, yeah. something like that. Seven thirty now.
0: So that's it for the that's it for the groveling. Uh, but <laughs> it's been a year. I mean, we originally we that's said amazing. what we're going to do three months.
2: No, I think you said like 12 episodes or something that. Right, which like would that. be
0: three months if you did it.
2: Yeah, I but, guess. I can't remember. Yeah.
0: So something 12 like episodes, that. we've done four times that. Wow. That's a lot. Yep. Um, so moving on.
2: Moving on. Are we going to do what's for dinner? Oh, sure. We don't have that on here.
0: Are we going to do what's for dinner or what was for lunch? what's for dinner we already talked about what's for dinner yeah yeah let's talk about what's for dinner
2: what's for dinner i was wondering if you were gonna do that <laughs> you're <were> hoping <laughs> i wasn't gonna do it oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so what was for dinner
2: uh hungarian goulash yeah over mashed potatoes
0: which actually we had last night too
2: yeah so okay. this was
0: kind of leftovers but
2: Oops. i just kicked the dog who's under the table
0: good good Sorry, good leftovers
2: yeah, some meals like that are always better the next day. Kind of lasagna, spaghetti sauce, that kind of stuff always seems to be better once you let it sit in the fridge overnight.
0: Anything that has a lot of herbs or spices, mm-hmm, or because yeah. it all fuses into yeah.
2: whatever and it's. Let me uh, let me look on Amazon real quick and.
0: Okay. Should I fill in while you're looking at? No, Amazon?
2: Um, <laughs> healing spices. The book the yeah. the recipe comes from the book Healing Spices, which I've talked about a lot. Um, on the podcast as far as incorporating more herbs and spices into your diet to add more health and nourishment to your food so it's just it's more healthy than adding vegetables I mean it's amazing how healthy herbs and spices are and this Hungarian goulash recipe from this book is fantastic it includes um, I think it's a third a cup of paprika and then it has thyme and rosemary and um, garlic, caraway seeds, the caraway seeds help balance out the paprika can have a tendency to have a little bit of bitterness to it. And the caraway kind of helps balance that out. Um, so yeah, it's great. Good, good, good recipe. I've made goulash a lot before I had it a lot growing up. And this is by far my favorite recipe. And we often eat it over rice, but I'm flush with potatoes since I planted 200 pounds of seed potatoes and harvested cheese, probably 1000 pounds of potatoes. So we decided to eat it over mashed potatoes instead.
0: Yep, and we made it and took it down to Matt and BJ's last night for for supper and had it with them and BJ said that uh she wanted the recipe. She yeah, really it liked to it. So, sent
2: her today actually. So, so
0: and, yep. and then of course the like we said the leftovers today, but also tell about the potatoes. Tell tell about what you did cuz they're not just mashed potatoes. Oh, yeah. Well, I what always else boil did boil
2: my, now? So I boil my potatoes in salt water. Um and then I rinse I you know, pour out the salt water, but I always keep the potato water. you can freeze it if you want in glass jars, uh, like wide mouth pints. The potato water comes in handy if you're baking bread and to use it instead of water in the bread, um you need to reduce the salt just a tiny bit if you're using salted water, although it's not that much salt, so if you forget it's not a big deal um, or you can use it as a base for soups and stews because then you get you get to then keep that nutrition that boils out of the potatoes. Um, Or you can feed it to your chickens, your pigs. They like it as well. Uh, Or make hot chocolate out of it. You know, you can use that stuff. Um, So I boil my potatoes and then I throw them in a bowl. And I always use a potato masher. And then I add a little bit of milk, whole milk, or cream if I have it. Usually just whole milk. Uh, Generous knob of butter or two if I'm feeling extra (laughs) Extra generous. generous. (laughs) (laughs) And then always lots of... um, Sea salt, some freshly ground pepper, and some grated Romano cheese. Finely grated Romano cheese really adds a good deliciousness to your potatoes. I also really like to add uh, celery root chopped up to the potatoes when I'm boiling. Because it adds a really interesting depth of flavor to the mashed potatoes, I find. I didn't this time because I I haven't harvested it in my celery root yet. But that's a great addition. Or a turnip or a rutabaga or any of that you know add a different root, one or two different root vegetables in there and it make it a little more exciting but mashed potatoes are pretty good boring anyways but <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't mind i like mashed potatoes a lot
0: it's always interesting when we go to uh like family dinners or to you know over to my family's house because everything is just sort of one layer so mashed potatoes are <laughs> potatoes with with a little bit of milk probably um and that's it so it's it's
2: the salt and the pepper and the butter and the cheese just a i mean a little bit of cheese really
0: it just adds so much yeah
2: it really does so
0: much flavor Mm -hmm. and and sort of a creamy goodness too Mm -hmm. a little a little surprise um and that's Speaking of food and liking food when we go out, we were having a conversation this past week with uh, BJ's mom. And BJ's mom is absolutely hilarious. And Uh, she
2: has, BJ has what are called barbisms, which is things her mom says. Yeah. And we always hear about them. And BJ has a thing on her Facebook where she lists them all. And we we got to hear one. We've in never person. well,
0: we got to hear quite a few actually. Yeah. We've never really experienced them because every time we've yeah. gone over to BJ's when her mom's there, it's usually in the afternoon. We have coffee with with BJ mm-hmm. every Monday, and uh, and her mom watches soap operas, so she's always watching soap operas and usually says hello, and we you know yeah. kind of have a little chit chat small talk, but nothing nothing in depth because she's involved in her soap opera. So it was great this week because they were making. Tomatoes? Were they were
2: peeling, like processing tomatoes to, yeah, so BJ could make spaghetti sauce.
0: And so her, her mom was, was in there. So we started talking about food. Um, and her mom has this restaurant that's, uh, in one of the local towns here called Shepherd's Pie. And she's always talking about it, always raving about it. And her, her thing that she says about Shepherd's Pie is, it's so good, you won't want to brush your teeth, which, <laughs> It's just, <laughs> just kind of awesome in and of itself. <laughs> so she was, again, raving about shepherd's pie because we started talking about food. And
2: But this is when she said this is we were talking about milkshakes after that. Oh, that's shepherd's right. Before shepherd's pie. Before shepherd's We were Power. talking about milkshakes. And she said that when she was in high school or college, college, yeah. I think, that uh, some of the people called them cabinets.
0: Yeah.
3: And so we were, we're like, like, really?
2: Cabinets? What? That's
0: weird. What does that even mean? And so of course, you know, like most people, we go we should go to the internet. But her mom right. said, Why don't you just dwingle it? And we said, dwingle. And she said, you know, whatever. Google. Oh, I have the Yahoo. <laughs> <laughs> we were just like,
2: What? We were all rolling.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. But it didn't stop there. I mean, she just yeah. kept rolling on with so now. Now that's the that's the thing we say with BJs. Why don't you just dwingle it? I'm gonna go dwingle it. Uh, it's but a good
2: alternative. I'm
3: it
0: is. Like it. Dwingle. I should you know? Could be I should register name. that domain name. <laughs> dwingle.com. I wonder if that's taken. I'm gonna check that right now. Oh man. What is dwingle.com? dot com? Let's see.
2: It's probably something terrible.
0: Actually. Oh, I don't think it exists. No. I might have to register that. I think I just got a coupon where I can register a domain yeah. for like two ninety-five.
2: We don't need any more domains. I know.
0: We have more than every every time we have a business idea, well not every time, because we would be poor from buying domains. But uh a lot of times we'll have business ideas and then we go out and see if the domain is available and we get it so So we
2: own a bunch of domains for various businesses we've considered starting or might start in the future or i mean that's an important thing when it comes to businesses having a domain or a good web address it's like cultivate simple Mm -hmm. i bought that we bought that four or five four years ago yeah because i thought it would be a great or we were coming up with i don't even know where we came up with that or we thought oh that's a great um Maybe I was thinking that as an alternative name for my blog. Mm-hmm.
0: I think it was when we were thinking about renaming the blog. Yeah. Like just renaming it outright.
2: So we bought it. You know, and we're glad we did. We ha- we kind of sat on it for a couple years and then we decided to call the podcast Cultivate Simple and use it. And it still pointed to my my blog, just mm-hmm. like my personal, you know, com points to my blog. So I remember...
0: Does it now or did we...
2: Last so, fall, or no, it was earlier this spring, I was saying I really need to get website up and running for my photography now that I sell a lot to magazines and stuff. Um
0: Yeah, it actually points to the sort of temporary. Oh, really? Yeah, it does. That's funny. See, now you've let the cat out of the bag. Oh, no. There's really nothing there, though.
2: Um, but yeah, so Brian's like, oh, I wonder if we own suzymorris.com, so you- typed it in or you went to GoDaddy, right and you're like oh it's not available who owns it and then you typed it in and shields run came up and you're like oh we do <laughs>
0: we own that never mind <laughs> we
2: bought it a long time ago but
0: well and you never know what that's if you have a good idea for a domain name mm-hmm. check and see i mean i won't give details because i think she was kind of under nda when she did this but um One of our friends had a business that she bought the domain name for. And the business, she did some stuff with it, but it never really took off. And I think it was more work than she thought it was going to be. But it was a great domain name. It was a great domain name. Well, here um, a company contacted her, which she thought it was a joke when they first contacted her. But they contacted her and they... They were gonna do a campaign of some sort, and wanted to buy the domain name off of her. Um, and she consulted with me and said, "Well, how should I?" Actually, I think I wrote the email for her, yeah, didn't I, think I? You did. Yeah, um, you're good at that kind of stuff. To reply so. to the the company, and so I wrote the email for her. And I she said, "Well, what what should I ask for it?" And I said, "You know, this is your business. You should you should ask ten thousand dollars." And She's like, well, that's crazy. That's just crazy. So I wrote up the email for were her. like,
2: well, what can they say? They can say, no, yeah. we'll pay you less. And then you yeah. talk about and you know and then you
0: what it is. It's come up a, with a lower price. That's kind of how it works. And yeah, I wrote the email for her. And, uh, and they ended up paying her $10,000 for the domain name. <laughs> yep. So she actually made more money off the domain name than she did off the business. Yep. All in all, uh, just kind of. Interesting. So, yeah, if you have a, a good idea for a domain name, it's it's really hard to find one that isn't taken, that yeah, isn't is, some is weird spelling. Which is why we buy them or,
2: when we think of businesses and right. just kind of hang on to them. Which are not always, super expensive. No,
0: and I always find coupons mm-hmm. um, throughout the year to re-register them or to corner. renew them. Yeah, it should be my Geeky Corner. Um, actually, a really good Geeky Corner is uh, RetailMeNot. Um, oh yeah I love that website. if you go to retailmeot dot com before you buy at at most major online retailers right. um and you can do a search for their domain name so um you know staples mm, dot staples dot com. com uh or,
2: or pottery barn or yeah yeah Crate those and kind of places yeah, yeah, major retailers you're not gonna be able to find most likely smaller retails or some of the more niche places, um, which means pretty much everywhere I shop but hey sometimes <laughs> I buy stuff from the big places and it comes in handy to have a coupon
0: yeah so basically that's what it is a coupon site so you do a search and then it gives you various coupons that either have worked in the past mm-hmm. or work now
3: and
2: then I like about it is that there's always a success rate so that you can go in there and people check people that have tried to use it say yes it works for me or no it didn't work for me and a lot of times they'll put in a little note or they'll say why it didn't work for them you know if it's already expired or it's a one-time use or that kind of which is kind of nice so that you know ahead of time if the coupon has a good success rate which you don't always know if you just google coupon code um and things come up so it's one of those nice things
0: i'm just making a note to add a link to that in our show notes um that's kind of neat on google docs when you do dash dash and then they uh a carrot, or a what's that called? A little arrow to the the thing that's above the period. It actually makes a little arrow.
3: Oh yeah. Yeah,
0: it like inserts the symbol. That's uh-huh. neat. And if you can't find retail me not, you can always dwingle it. So there you go. Good callback. Uh, so moving on to the the fail of the week. Um, this is just a a small fail of the week. So, but we you know had to have one.
2: Still annoying. We haven't had one in a while. We haven't been adding them up there.
0: Well. We don't fail very often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Did I say that seriously enough so people will believe us? So people will think we have it all together? mm mm-hmm. um, Yeah, this... We
2: oh, do. They're a bucolic, our life here.
0: We're repainting the garage, or painting the garage, and I brought my brush down. Of course, we were painting the garage. I was roasting coffee, and... We were doing something else at the same time. Um,
2: I was uh, get, moving my oh, onions. Moving onions and... And garlic, yeah. processing it, because I, I dry it out in the top of the garage. So I was getting it out ready to move it into its final resting place.
0: So we are doing all of those things at once, and I got done painting for the night and brought down my brush in one trip down to the house, and I knew, I knew I was going to leave it sitting where it was and I was going to forget about it, and sure enough, I did and it dried out and it's it's a really nice paintbrush uh yeah, so it. it was
2: made in worcester ohio which is where not far from where we used to live
0: yep so i uh i was pretty mad at myself because i hate when i do that i hate when i know i'm gonna do something and then i do it especially when it's something that's stupid and costs money you yeah. know um it just kind of drives me nuts luckily mm-hmm. there was um some paint thinner that the previous owner had left in the garage, that's probably about a hundred years old.
2: Yeah, the can is pretty awesome. And so,
0: <laughs> so it it ate right through the paint. Yes, <laughs> uh, it took care of took care of most of it. But I wanted to put it out there as a question since it was my fail. Um, does anybody else have any suggestions for when you leave your paint brushes to dry? Have you ever seen any techniques or I've anything? I seen on
2: Pinterest that people soak them in vinegar, but that's vinegar. never worked for me
3: huh yeah Uh, i don't
2: i always wrap mine in a plastic bag and and just kind of leave them overnight i don't always wash them you can throw them in the freezer that helps because the cold temperature um you know it keeps the paint from curing Mm -hmm. um that's especially helpful with oil-based paints and stuff but i usually wrap mine in plastic and throw it in the freezer and then i don't wash it a ton i'll wash it if it's going to be a Two days or so between when I'm going to use it, but
0: so maybe the um, best advice is just don't leave it sit out.
2: Always wrap it in (laughs) plastic, and then if you do forget, it's not going to dry out too much. Right. So, and even if you're going to wash it, wrap it in a plastic bag and then leave it somewhere very obvious. Yes, very
0: obvious. That was the problem is I left it somewhere very (laughs)
2: unobvious
0: and non-obvious, and therefore forgot about it. Um.
2: It happens to the best of us.
0: So yeah, around the run, we are like I said, we are painting. We've just painting and painting and painting, and I feel like we're not making any progress.
2: The brush is ginormous. Yes,
0: and it has. uh, I was I was talking to Matt about painting, and he said, "Oh yeah, and it's got to 183 or whatever (laughs) siding on it." (laughs) Like, oh yeah, that (laughs) stuff. That's I like about Matt is he knows everything about everything. Um,
2: Sounds like a calculator. Yeah, it's got from when we were in high school.
0: That was the T R S eight. No, that was the T R S eighty or ti T I eighty three, T I eighty two, and T I eighty three. The graphing calculator. Yes, yes, those
2: big blue ones. Yeah.
0: Yep. Quit, quit distracting me. Sorry. Um. Yes, Matt and painting and oh, it's got the. It's kind of like the reverse of board and batten. So it's...
2: That's fake board and batten is what it is. So it's like big sheets of plywood, essentially, that they put grooves in every little bit to make it look like, I suppose, barn board or something.
0: Yeah. Um, But it's
2: not. It's the same stuff we had on our garage in Ohio.
0: And I think it's pretty common to use on garages, but that also means that in those grooves, you have to hit all those with a paintbrush. Uh, So that's what we're doing now. And since we're painting our barn black. (laughs) And it's red. And it's red. red, kind of red. We have to do everything, you know, do two coats. Yeah. Yeah. so it is is time consuming to say the least. So we're going to do a black barn with white trim, which everybody that we talk to says, "Geez, that's weird," but that was kind of common in Ohio. I saw at least them in I Ohio. think they're.
2: I think they're pretty common in Scandinavia and those places too.
0: In fact, there's there's that uh, over in Belfast. There's a black building with white trim.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
0: I mean, it's not a barn, but yeah, it's pretty much the size and shape of a barn. Yeah. So.
2: I think it's very nice. I like black buildings.
0: So that's one of the things that's going on is that we're painting, 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 painting.
2: And it's a good, it's a good, uh, kind of trial run because I like black houses a lot. Mm. I have a Pinterest, a secret Pinterest board of ideas for what we're going to do here. And I've always loved black houses. And I always thought about having a black house with like a silver standing seam metal roof and maybe white trim. But, it's one of those things that's hard to take the plunge on. So painting the barn black is a good a, a good way to see how it works and see what it looks like and see if we like it and see how it weathers. Black, dark paints like that don't weather quite as well as lighter paints because they absorb more sun, but mm-hmm. it's a good experiment. Yeah. And then if we hate it, at least it's not our house and we'll probably end up reciting it in 10 or 12 years, so... Right and it'll look better than it does now even black. Right. Well, it needed
0: it needed painted because the the front of it that does get all of the sun the the siding was really starting to show its uh I don't want to say it's age but starting to show that it gets all the sun. Uh, yeah. It's really starting to look rough. So so that's one of the things that we're doing. Today we uh sent uh eight of our roosters that Matt uh, had hatched out for us. We sent them to freezer camp yes. as we call it, um, which took quite a while. And did something I think we could do a whole show just on kind of f- the philosophy of raising and slaughtering your own animals. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's definitely a unique experience. Yeah. Um, for various reasons. I know, you know, for the vegetarian listeners, I'm sorry. I, I always apologize to you guys whenever we talk about <laughs> topics like this. Um, but I like to, it, it's good because you know exactly, raising your own animals, you know exactly what they've eaten, how they've been treated, yep. what they've gone through in their life, that they've lived a good life, you know, mm-hmm. that they're out there being whatever animal they are um, doing their thing. And then the slaughtering process, I obviously don't enjoy. It's not something I'd rather do with my Sunday afternoon. Um, But in the same way, I know that they're being slaughtered humanely, um, that it's being done with a, you know, as much dignity as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, Not that the animals know that they're, you know, being slaughtered in a dignified way. But um,
2: it's also, I think one of the reasons we do it is it's a lot more, um, it's less stressful for the animal when mm -hmm. you do it yourself in the environment that they're used to and comfortable with. Um, You're not throwing them in a cage. And even if you do raise your own, a lot of people take them somewhere to be processed, which can be kind of stressful, you know, Mm -hmm. animals.
0: It's out of the routine.
2: Yeah, yeah. And depending on the facility, I mean, a lot of times you, you know, like pigs, you'll drop them off and then they're put in corrals and stuff with other pigs. And our pigs aren't used to that at all. And Mm -hmm. I can see how that would, I mean, uh, being around pigs, I can see how that would really kind of stress our pigs out because Mm -hmm. our pigs are super laid back and they spend their days lounging in the shade. And I can see how all of a sudden being thrown in which a bunch of other animals and taking a car ride for one would be probably weird for them since they haven't had one since they were eight weeks old. But I just feel like it's less stressful Mm -hmm. for the animal involved.
0: And plus I think it gives you an appreciation for your food. Mm -hmm. Um,
2: You're definitely less likely to waste it when you spend the time to like a chicken mm -hmm. when you've raised it since it was a chick and you take time every morning to mix up its food and, um, you take the time to slaughter it and scald it and pluck it. Because, and... yeah, it'd be easier. Definitely, it'd probably be faster and easier to pay someone, I don't know what it is, three bucks a bird or something like that yeah. to get them slaughtered. Yeah, it would be. But then you also lose the feathers and the blood and all of that other stuff, which is valu- a valuable resource that, you know, you've put money into that you can use in the garden in particular. Um, you know, if you're buying sources of nitrogen from off of your property. It's a good way to close the circle a little bit more and keep that stuff here. So we have the feathers that we put out back that we're using in an area where we're going to do some sheet composting and increase the garden space, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's a way to maximize and take advantage of, full advantage of everything.
0: And so now we have lots of chicken to eat yeah. which is also a great benefit yeah. and it's good tasty chicken uh we slaughtered a couple of them
2: three of them
0: yeah a couple months ago august yeah mid august um and they were still pretty pretty skinny
2: they were yeah they were younger back then these are delaware a heritage breed, so. And these guys are pretty. Some of them are, it's interesting to see the different sizes between mm-hmm. them. I mean, some of them are probably the purebred Delawares are the biggest ones because a couple of them are pretty sizable birds. And then there are some mixes in there, and they were a little smaller. But they're a good a good chicken, I think. Yep. They have big meaty thighs and legs, which those <laughs> are my favorite parts of the chicken, so I'm pretty <laughs> excited about that. <laughs> Heritage chickens are just completely different than your modern broiler as far as just their sheep. Yeah. And yep. It's interesting, but I I kind of like, you know, it's good for me. Cause that's what I like. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: another thing that happened this week, uh we had a time of sadness that oh. ended in joy. Yes. Um, one of the downfalls or one of the bad things about having outdoor animals is the fact that there are many risks, right. uh, many things that can befall them. And at the beginning of the week, um, Monday morning, you was the last time you saw the sweets, mm-hmm. which is our outdoor cat, our little feral um, cat, and she's outdoors all the time. Right, um, and she's
2: nocturnal, so we don't even see her a ton. I do see her I go up every day to give her some food in the garage and she's always sleeping in the garage and comes out to greet me and she's she's in the garden a lot if I'm working outside um she's often out padding around the garden with me following me around uh she like you know she doesn't she's not like a pet cat she doesn't come rub up along ga- a rub on your legs but she will it takes a little bit, but you can get her to warm up to you and give her a few pets every now and then. And every now and then, she'll actually sit on my lap. If I go up and sit on one of the couches in the garage for a while, she'll walk around a whole lot and then eventually come sit in my lap. But it's not super common, so she's pretty feral.
0: And she keeps down the, uh, the rodent population mm-hmm. in the barn, which is really what we... You know want to have her around for and she's really great at it and she's a sweet little cat which is how she right. got her sweets, name that's yeah. not really a name no. so the sweets yeah um and she's tiny
2: yeah so she may- weighs maybe three pounds oh you i think, think maybe, three to five pounds yeah
0: yeah but she's still she's small pretty
2: small she's really small
0: and she has a very high-pitched meow. Yes. so yeah she's the sweets um But after Monday morning, we didn't see her. She
2: was MIA. And
0: we thought for sure that she had been taken by a fox or a a coyote coyote or or an owl or some other other (laughs) predatory animal we have around here.
2: Fisher cat or... Yeah.
0: And so Susie was pretty sad about it. I mean, it's sad sad to lose any animal. And that's one of the interesting things is we really try to keep are quote-unquote pets, which, you know, we try to keep her because we know she's at a higher risk since she's an outdoor animal. Um, so we sort of don't try to get attached to her, but mm. you do. I, yeah. mean, I mean, especially with a- her. She's kind of a pseudo pet. Yeah, she's she a- is. Um, so Susie was pretty pretty sad about it, and I started to feel bad about it because the window that she goes in and out of in the garage i had moved the tractor out of that bay and so i thought for sure because i moved that tractor because she goes and she can crawl around that tractor and you don't even see her so i figured oh that's why she got caught because she ran in there and the tractor wasn't there for her to hide you know in and around or to jump off of in the window and then sure enough friday
2: there she was there she
0: was again She showed up out of nowhere,
2: which is weird. She's never, she's not one to do walkabouts. I mean, Dexter's been MIA a couple of times for a day or two, and he shows back up on the doorstep. But she's never, she's always been, she's never not been around. So we thought for sure something had happened to her. But I mean, I checked her over, no injuries. Who knows what? I who knows where she was or what happened? You know, cats are interesting. She could have gotten injured and. They heal pretty quickly. Something may have happened. I don't know. Weird. She seems completely fine.
0: But we're glad she's back.
2: Yeah.
0: The sweets.
2: She's spending a lot of time in the garage, though. So yeah, I'm she sure is. something happened. But I'm sure she got away from something. Don't know how. I mean, maybe she hid somewhere for a couple of days and then came back. I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. Really weird. But we're glad she's back. Yeah, we are.
0: And another animal that we've been talking about recently is Tara. Yeah, uh, our new livestock guardian dog. Um,
2: she's, she's doing a great job guarding the back porch. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. We're we're still we're doing perimeter training with her um, mm-hmm. by walking her many times daily around the perimeter that we want her to stay in, which is basically the fields around our house. Um, and she's getting she's getting pretty good. The last two days, I have I've I've taken her out without a leash. Um, except for at night, um, because we have a lot of porcupines around here, yes. uh, a lot of porcupines and the, so the last two days during the day, I've taken her out without a leash. And when she, we have a lot of trails that go off of our fields and whenever she hits one of those trails, she kind of looks down it and then sort of starts to walk down it. And I tell her no. And she turns and, you know, heads along the perimeter. Mm-hmm. So she's, she's learning today. Right. And we, um,
2: yeah, we want to get some like uh surveyor's tape, is that what yeah, it's called? Yep. And put it up around the perimeter and across the driveway that the zone we have set up for her. So she has a visual marker, particularly in the winter when because there's a pretty good visual barrier now cuz it's kind of a field and then woods. Yeah. So there there's a Thick good woods. tree line, lots of underbrush, but in the winter that's not going to be as prominent. So mm-hmm. Something more that's something that helps if you're thinking about perimeter training your dog. Mm-hmm.
0: So we've been, uh, and then we we also took her, we've been starting to take her on rides, mm-hmm. um, in the car just because we want her to. She, the last ride she took, obviously, she came from Nebraska to Connecticut and then from Connecticut to Maine, yeah. um,
2: which is a long ride, yeah.
0: And, and I mean, that kind of, and most of shifted her, her world.
2: And most of her previous rides have been for similar things, being rescued and going to a new place with new people and leaving what she's familiar with. So
0: So we uh, took her into the vet this week just to do a... uh, We have a holistic vet that we go to Mm -hmm. and um, just to sort of a meet and greet. And so we took her in there and then took her down to the the farmer's market. But she was really... It's interesting. She has a... she has a checkered past. The first people that bought her um we don't know to the extent of it, but uh, or the extent of it, but um they abused her and then said that she was aggressive, and were're going to actually put her to sleep because she was aggressive, um which I think we shared last week on the podcast yeah. um but we really haven't seen too much of that in her Mm -mm. as far as the, or we haven't seen it at all, to be honest. Um, we do know that she is afraid of thunderstorms Mm -hmm. and we saw that a little bit. Um, we were out walking around the other day and, there was a festival going on here locally and they set off a firework in the middle of the day. I don't know what the deal was, but it was just a loud boom and she hunkered down and went to one of her kind of safe spots. Um, So it's, it's interesting. She's definitely a different dog from Lucy, different personality Mm -hmm. in many, many ways. Um, But we've, we're really starting to like her. Mm -hmm. I mean, really getting to, to know her well and getting to know her personality and getting to know, what uh what she's thinking because that's i think with most animals you have to understand sort of how they think in Mm -hmm. order to
2: and how they're going to react because then you know how to preemptively react to the way they're going to react to a situation in order to kind of control what's going to happen so you have to be really observant and particularly with dogs i mean we know lucy of course we've had her since she was seven weeks old so, but it's a different story when you have a dog that you get it for and it's got all of this history behind it and you're, you have no idea what's, yeah what they're used to. And we've been training her to the previous owners, you know, every dog owner is different. They let her do things that we don't allow dogs to do just right. because they're things we don't appreciate a dog doing. And so we don't allow it, but many dog owners don't really care. You know, we don't Uh like dogs to jump up on us. I thought
0: thought that was funny this past week when the previous owner messaged, was it on Facebook? Yeah. And said, oh, has she jumped up on you? You Haven't
2: put her paws on your shoulder yet? (laughs) (laughs) And
0: we're like, uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Because we don't want, we, the reason we don't want our dogs to do that is because when guests come over or when yeah. kids come over, you know, we don't want the dog jumping up and putting its paws on their shoulders. Right. Um,
2: Particularly a big dog like Tara. I mean, she's I yeah. mean, she's not huge. She's, she's eighty five pounds, yeah. but still, I mean, she can tall. knock you over. She'd
0: if she stood on your on her back legs, she'd be as tall as you are.
2: Yeah,
0: she'd look you eye to eye. Yep. Um,
2: and dogs like that don't some They don't understand that they're so strong yeah. and they can easily, particularly me. I mean, Lucy's knocked me over on occasion just, you know, running across the field and not quite <laughs> navigating distances. The <laughs> and she runs right into the back of my legs and completely knocks my legs out from under me and yeah. knocks me over. And, you know, so dogs just don't understand sometimes that they're their own strength. Right. And particularly when you have big dogs, we personally just think that it's just not something we allow, so we've been trying to teach her not to do that, but right. she's you know she had a habit of trying to paw you or jump up on you when you approached her when mm-hmm. she was excited, and she's got big paws and big claws and
0: and she licks too, which is another thing we don't like dogs doing yeah, We're not big we not we don't like kisses, no, no. kisses, <laughs> no. so we're trying to uh get her to not not do that. It's especially hard in the morning because I I take her harness off at night so she doesn't have to have it on. And so then I put it back on in the morning. But in order to do that, I have to have my face like right down by her, of course. You know, so yeah. she's, she's gotten my goatee a couple times. <laughs> 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 Which I, you know, no, don't do that. You crazy. So, uh, but we're, we're liking her. She's a, she's a great dog and she's been a, a she's, she is and is going to be uh, a great addition to Chiot's Run. That brings us on to listener questions. Yes. Uh, and would that be Jeanette? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jeanette. And I'm terrible at names. I don't know why I can't pronounce.
3: Go she ahead. She
2: asked this on the ferment. I think it was the fermentation one. She said, I really enjoyed the podcast. I'm an old blog reader, but a new listener. So I've been trying to catch up. Do you have a recommendation for bread baking pans? Loaf pan? I didn't see one on your Amazon store, which I should update my Amazon store. I like free form but the kids need a loaf so yes i usually do free form however i do have hence the cast iron post or (laughs) podcast i have cast iron bread pans that i use and they're made by lodge so they're made in the united states so you don't have to worry about any weirdness going on there um and i'll put a link in the show notes for them and they're great i use them for baking loaf bread which i don't Bake very often, but every now and then I bake cinnamon raisin bread or something like that to make French toast out of. I also use them for making zucchini bread or banana bread and those kinds of breads and since i don't I always bake things in cast iron, I don't own a cake pan or anything, so i always um if I make a chocolate cake or something, I usually will put it into two loaf pans and make kind of loaf cakes instead of regular round cakes, so I use them for cakes as well. They're really, really great. Um, come in handy for a lot of things so I would highly recommend the cast iron and the last forever which is kind of great and then she also says um also you mentioned you're big on budgets we use quicken for years but now with two little ones we find we have no time to spend time entering receipts on a computer so expenses are downloaded into quicken desktop but little is done beyond that and checking balances It's a hot topic with my husband. I'd be curious to hear how you guys do it and what software you're using. And I use um, Account Edge, which was formerly Mind Your Own Business, to keep track of all of our personal expenses. I also use it for business. um, And I also use it for the nonprofit that I kind of manage. And I really like it. I find it easy to use... um, I think that I have used Quicken before. I think that's what I used before I started working at the nonprofit and they were using Mind Your Own Business. And I liked it better than Quicken. Um, Yeah, I think finding time to do all that can be difficult at times. But I think once you get uh, good software and a good system set up, one of the things that we do to make it easy as far as receipts is that... um, depending on how you feel about credit cards, we charge everything on a credit card. So I'm only paying one bill every month. And I do go through there and check off all the receipts. And then I have this um, spreadsheet that I use and I enter in all of the different charges into different categories. So then I have in there, you know, under car expenses, I've got everything I spent on gasoline and it totals it all up for me. So you just kind of have to enter it and it totals it up. And then you enter one expense, like one big transaction into your accounting software. And that's always worked really easily for me. Um, That's kind of how the nonprofit I run was doing it. Because, you know, you have a couple different people that are... um, spending money so it's just the easiest way to keep track of all of that Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of how we started doing it from the beginning um and it's a great way to keep track but i mean if you if you can't pay your credit cards off every month and you know can't be responsible as far as that's concerned that it's not a good system but for us it works out really well because it keeps everything and then i have i like it because sometimes you don't always get a receipt And so you're not sure where all that money went. So I like it because it's almost like getting a big printout every month of where you spent most of your money. So that's kind of what I use, and I really like it. Um, But it may be a little too involved for some people. Mm -hmm. Back um, not too long after we first got married, I had a really big, super intricate Excel (laughs) spreadsheet Mm -hmm. that I had that I had written up and I would enter in you know our salaries and it would automatically break it down and put it into all the different categories and then whenever I made an expense I would just go in there and type it in and then type in the number of whatever category I had it set up so the numbers you know would enter it into the right categories and then I would type whatever number or category it was in and it would add it in or it would put it in that column and subtract it and then keep track of my running totals but that was kind of a crazy thing <laughs> it's much easier to just have a program do that for you
0: <laughs> but you're you love excel but i used yeah i you used to, to uh,
2: i used to write all kinds of craziness in excel so yeah you used to I be pretty geeky that. That. when I it came was, to excel when it came to spreadsheets yes i could do some crazy stuff in a spreadsheet but as you yeah. were
0: talking about those things i was reading some of the reviews on amazon about those cast iron pans mm-hmm. and one one star review said these cast iron pans started to rust after a while. Cast oh, iron should not do that. I returned them.
2: <laughs> Did anyone comment? Because I need to go comment on that lady's comment. I hate stupid. That's like one of my most, my biggest pet peeves is stupid reviews on Amazon. That give. I always read a couple of the five-star reviews and I always go read some of the one and two-star reviews. But it seems like it never fails. The one and two-star reviews are always just stupid people. Or they review, it's not about the product. So they'll they'll give yeah. it a one star and be like, oh, Amazon didn't pack this right and it arrived broken. Well, that's not the product's fault and you shouldn't be giving the product a bad review because of it unless it's a bad product. Or they do something stupid like they buy, I don't know, they buy something and then they review it as if they thought it was something completely different. <laughs> i will be like, I can't believe I can't wear this shirt as pants. I'm going to give it one star. I, mean, I got this like, ceiling
0: fan and it will not slice bread.
2: It's just dumb. Yeah. <laughs> craziness. Absolute craziness. You're like right. that comment. It rusted. Yeah. And hopefully yeah. lots of people have commented on that and put her in her place because that's ridiculous. There
0: were a few people that said that the, that it was smaller than they thought it was going to be, or that the description said.
2: They're not small. They're smaller than what bread pan. The thing is, is bread pans nowadays, it's like everything else in this country. They get bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. It's not the size of a brownberry loaf of bread that you buy at the grocery store. And I think that a lot of people think it's going to be that big. It's pretty much your typical loaf of bread as far as I remember when I was a kid, you know, that my mom made. It's not a huge, huge pan, but make two loaves instead of one. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know eat smaller sandwiches or you know most people make a big sandwich and cut it in half so just make two sandwiches
0: and you feel like you're eating more yeah you get two sandwiches (laughs) wow
2: Uh, I like them I mean I like the size of them because I feel like particularly for making stuff like banana bread or stuff it cooks a lot faster mm -hmm. so I don't know I suppose it's personal preference
0: yep well that brings us on to our topic and we're at 52 minutes so maybe we should have just done this minutes (laughs) Well, you know being our one year episode and being that we're grovelling and asking for money, <laughs> it's good to give a lot of value, and I think that so far in this podcast <laughs>
2: <laughs> there's been little or no okay. I, I there's been just
0: waffle and <laughs> not much else um, building community, so let's talk about building community
2: and we talked about this a little bit briefly in our podcast about resilience and we mentioned Mm -hmm. that building community is a great way to help build resilience into your life and so i was just thinking i don't know it was a week or so ago about how it might be a and we had a couple comments about it i thought it might be a good podcast to do to give people yeah i don't know some of the things that have helped us in building communities in different places that we've lived because i think it can be overwhelming Perhaps to some people.
0: Yeah. So maybe we should define what community is or
2: Don't mind the crunching in the background, it's the dog who just stole the chickens the cat's chicken wings and she finishes off the bones, so you may or may not have listened to the raw pet food podcast, if not.
0: You can listen to the aftermath
3: of it now. <laughs> Do you
2: hear how happy that dog is? Yeah, that's right. Eating chicken bones.
0: all right um so maybe we should explain what we define as community or what we think community is um before we start talking about how you should create Mm -hmm. it so when you say community what what do you mean or what are you talking about
2: i think it encompasses a lot of different things i think we're all members of a lot of different communities um i think a lot of times people might consider community as your immediate vicinity, your town, maybe your a couple of surrounding towns. That's kind of the classic definition of community is where you live in neighborhood, town, suburb, or, you know, that kind of thing. But I think that it doesn't necessarily have to be that. It depends partly on why you're trying to build community um, and what, what you're building the community for Mm
3: -hmm.
2: or what you're hoping to what you're hoping your community to be I should say Um, because sometimes back when we lived in Ohio we had a community our community was more broad based Um, we had a couple people in our local community a couple neighbors that we talked to um, some people in town that we knew and talked to But in general, our community was not the lake community that we lived in like Mm -hmm. it was for some people because our community was more based on food um, and that kind of thing. More like-minded
0: interests rather than location. And
2: that's something that I'm into. And just, you know, I was trying to build a network of people and find farms where I could be. You know, giving my money to the farmer and helping that farmer in turn helping the community, not necessarily my community directly, but the community that that farm was in. So our community was pretty broad based because we met and connected and built relationships with people, some farms in our local vicinity a couple miles away, some of them an hour away so our farm our community was fairly fairly wide as far as a community is concerned. Um, Yeah.
0: And then part of that is also bringing, not just building it for yourself, which this is kind of something we'll talk about, Mm -hmm. but not just building it for yourself, but then sort of interconnecting all of those people Mm -hmm. to one another. Um, Yeah. And because that's, it's, it's like building a web, you know, it's like a, a spider web where mm-hmm. one thing is not just connected to another, to another, to another. It's not a string. It's it's this interconnectedness, mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, whether that be, again, around location or whether it's around interests. Um,
2: right. And yeah. one good example is our neighbor. So we had this neighbor that lived down the street who we got to know because we both became highly involved in the... Fight against fracking and natural gas um, wells in our community specifically. So we met her, and we just really hit it off with her. We had very similar interests to her. She loved she had she loved gardening, so obviously we got along famously. She loved coffee, so she would stop by, and we would have coffee um, probably once a week or maybe twice a week. She stopped by quite often, and she just lived right down the road, and. We became really good friends. And then she liked local food too and got some food from a local farm, had a CSA. And so she was always asking me about places that I had found that I liked to get stuff from. So, And we would go together on orders from nuts.com or local harvest. We would buy boxes of avocados uh, together or blood oranges or those kinds of things. It was nice to be able to share those kinds of purchases with someone with a neighbor so mm-hmm. that we didn't have to eat 10 pounds of avocados ourselves in one <laughs> week. <laughs> but once I remember I was going out to the farm to pick up our raw milk. And so I asked her if she wanted to go along. And it was, it was something she wasn't super into, you know. Mm-hmm. But I thought she would really enjoy meeting Mike and Don, our dairy farmers, and seeing how um, just how much they have a passion for what they do and Mm -hmm. producing good quality milk for the people in their community, which is all of their customers. And so she went out there with me when I think it was calving season and we got to see a couple of the little calves and um, she just loved it. We walked around and we looked at the cows and she just absolutely loved it. And it took her a couple months, but then she finally convinced her husband to – sign up for a herd share and to start getting raw milk from the farm. And so now it's interesting because now we moved away and now she kind of took our place and gets raw milk from the farm, which is kind of nice because now she knows Mike and Don and, Mm -hmm. you know, has a relationship with them and they're not part of her community and she's part of their community.
0: Um, Well, and it helped Mike and Don too, because, you know, we were... (coughs) we have been regular customers and so leaving them Mm -hmm. we don't you know you develop a relationship with them and you don't want to kind of leave them hanging and be like oh sorry you know we're moving so you know you can't because that's their livelihood that's what they do for a living um
2: and that's one of the things that's a good and a bad about being involved as far as building your local food web Mm -hmm. is that you do then have you know that you are an not an essential part, but you are a part of this farmer's, I mean, you're helping pay their paycheck. So when you leave, you're taking part, you know, they're getting demoted essentially and have to find more customers to replace you. So Mm -hmm. it's nice if you can find those customers to try to help um, so that they can put their effort where they're gifted, which is in producing good quality food. Mm
0: -hmm. So let's talk about some, some things that people can do to build community or things that we've done, I guess is where these Mm -hmm. are all kind of coming from. Um, the, the first thing is just to, to get involved. Um, and really I think this starts with just asking questions Mm -hmm. when you see something that you like that somebody has, or if you find something interesting that somebody says, then ask them about it. Where'd you get that? Did you get that locally? Where, Mm -hmm. you know, who'd you get it from? Where are they at? Oh, and just to ask questions um and that helps you then to to get involved in your local community by finding out what's in your local community mm-hmm. uh it's it's interesting once we started to to do that in Ohio, how many things you find are close by or, um, or are available. Mm-hmm. And up, it, well, it's it,
2: because kind of like with um, our neighbor, mm-hmm. she would have never found out about Mike and Don's farm if it hadn't been for us. I mean, she most likely would never have found mm-hmm. out about it if it weren't for her meeting us or us meeting her or whatever, you know, I mean, that's how those, It's a lot easier to build your community once you've already started. You know, it's those first couple relationships that can sometimes be the most difficult. But then after that, because then it's not just you, you don't have your frame of reference. You add add the frame of reference in like the webs or the communities of all of these people that you're building into your community. So it becomes easier and easier to build a greater web and to find exactly what you need and to kind of strengthen that community around you.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Another thing that you can do is to uh, support. I mean, for us, you know, our one of our things is food, and of course, if people are listening to this podcast, hey, 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 it's not that episode. That episode's over. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's dogs just turned to their speakers, um, but for us, one of our Things obviously is food, and if you're listening to this podcast, it's probably one of yours too, or you Mm -hmm. wouldn't be listening. Um, is what I was going to say before I was rudely interrupted. The so one thing you can do is go to your local farmer's market or find Mm -hmm. out if there is a farmer's market that is local and go there and talk to the vendors. Um, more than more often than not, they're willing to just chat for Mm -hmm. a while, um, and then you get to know. Not only them, but the products that they offer. Or if you're looking for something that's not at the farmer's market, ask around at the farmer's market to the vendors because yeah. they probably know somebody who, who offers that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good, that's definitely a good way to do it. And <sighs> oh, I often, I personally really like to go out to the farms and chat with the farmers sometime during the week. That's something that I've always done a lot of and something that I have found really valuable. Not just. I mean, it's great to build community. It's also great to just build relationships with people. There was a farm, Martha's Farm in Ashland, Ohio, which if you're in Ohio, northeastern Ohio, I highly recommend taking the trip down there, even if it's an hour, hour and a half or so away. Because Martha is just fantastic. And she's so happy to have people come out to her farm and to to show what she does and to talk to you about her passion and how... I mean, she really has a passion to provide good quality food for herself, for her kids, for her community. She has a passion for trying to help all of the other farmers in her community. Um, that kind of thing, which it's really it's just refreshing to be able to talk to people like that and build relationships with people like that so that's one of the things I like to do is often I'll go to the farmer's market or a couple different farmer's markets because sometimes some aren't that great and some are better than others and you can talk to the farmers and get to know them and then you know they're usually more than happy to have you come out to their farms and walk around and talk and um, that's one of those things those are the times where I feel like I have Gleaned the most information, or found new and interesting things, books to read, or people to people in the community that they know about that they recommend. Um, And then once you do get on a kind of a friendly basis, or you know, you develop a relationship with these people, then you can ask them questions because it's kind of rude to go to your farmer's market once and you know, kind of meet someone and then start bombarding them with questions and asking them all kinds of stuff and expecting them to take out, take out, you know, time out of their day to help you when you maybe haven't been a customer for very long or haven't gone out to their farm and offered to help, uh, you know, volunteered your time, that kind of thing. So, I mean, it's, it's building community is kind of a two way street. You have to give, you can't expect everyone else to give to you.
0: Um. The n- next thing you can do, and this is something that we tried to do back in Ohio, and it really kind of changed our uh, perspective, was uh was getting to know our neighbors.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. And you can do that through you know organizing community events,
2: uh, like garage sales. Great way to get yeah. to know your neighbors, I think, is to yep. organize a neighborhood wide garage sale or. Maybe kind of a community day where everybody in your small town or whatever has a garage sale, yard sale, whatever on that weekend and advertise it Um, or have a yard sale with one of your neighbors. We had a garage sale with one of our friends who lived in town Um, and it was great. And that's kind of a great way to get to your know your neighbors, too, because we would often if we saw a neighbor having a garage sale, we'd walk down and chat with them a little. And then, you know, you're sitting out there all day. So your neighbors are coming and talking to you. And it's just a great gateway to chat.
0: Yeah. And that's kind of the next thing that we had on the list was if you ever see a garage sale in your mm-hmm. area, stop it. Even if you're not going to buy anything, even if, you know, just stop and chat. Yeah. It's because- just a great
2: way to. Because then you don't feel like you're imposing or it's a great kind of open door. It's like they're saying, hey, we're here and you might as well stop and take advantage of that opportunity.
0: And introduce yourself. Yeah. Uh, I've been trying to do that here as we've been moved into Liberty, um, trying to find even just people that are out working in their yard. Sometimes I'll just stop and chat with them and say hello. Um, And it's just, yeah, I mean, the, the door's already open. It's not like you're walking up and knocking on their door and hey i'm new to the neighborhood
2: which which nowadays people see as super creepy kind of you know you have to be kind of careful about that kind of stuff
0: uh the next thing is to to get outside um in our neighborhood back in ohio we lived on kind of the a t intersection we lived uh, across the street from the t or on the top of the t i guess Mm -hmm. it would be um and it was funny because when you started doing more gardening in the front yard, how many more people we got to know? Because mm-hmm. not only would people stop by, but then we'd see people out in the community, and they'd say, "Aren't you the like the yeah. uh, Michelle that worked at the yeah. bank?" She said, "Aren't don't you guys live there on Mohawk?" And we'd say, "Yeah, I'm your neighbor," you know. And so I we got to how know your her.
2: Dog sits out there. every yeah. day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody
0: <laughs> knew Lucy sitting in the front yard,
2: and Dexter but, who sat out on the porch. Yep.
0: But that's, I mean, we got to know quite a few people Mm -hmm. through that, just through being visible, being Mm -hmm. out there. And And, people
2: would stop all the time. I would be working out on the front hillside and people often stopped. It was a small lake community and people were always driving around on golf carts and they would stop and ask me questions about this plant or that plant or uh, that kind of thing. So yeah, it's definitely here, of course, that's not really an option because you can't see our house from the road. But
0: and we live on a road where people drive 45 50 miles an hour.
2: Yeah. But if you live in a you know, your typical suburban kind of a neighborhood, it is a great way to help It's a good way to try to build those relationships because yep. it can be really difficult to find that open door to get to know people.
0: And one just one tip uh
2: or go on walks.
0: Yeah. Go on walks and if you see somebody outside, you know, just say, hey, how's it going? Hey, I'm your neighbor. Yeah. Um, but one tip in in all these things, whether it be the garage sale, the farmer's market, uh, stopping and chatting with your neighbor or your neighbor stopping and chatting with you is be, be mindful of time Mm -hmm. and always say hey well you know i don't want to take too much of your time i'm gonna let you go because you don't want to be the neighbor that nobody wants to talk to ever again
2: exactly because (laughs) i my mom has a neighbor like that and everybody looks outside to make sure he's not out before they go out to get the mail or take the trash out because he's super friendly but if he catches you it's an hour and a half that you've got to be standing there talking to him so Yes. Be mindful of that as well. I think dogs are a great gateway. Um, John Steinbeck talks about that and Travels with Charlie, which is a fantastic book. Um, he talks about how they're, they're like children, only better <laughs> as far as being able to engage someone in conversation. Um, the dogs being like the diplomat or so. I, I forget what exactly he calls them, but it's pretty funny. Um, and walking, just walking around your neighborhood really also. You can say hi to people here and there and people get used to seeing you, right. um, which is a good thing as well.
0: The next thing would be to attend community events, uh, and volunteer if you, Mm -hmm. if, if you can, or, you know, sometimes volunteering is a a double-edged sword. Sometimes you, you know, it's, (laughs) sometimes it's not fun or it's not, it's not enjoyable, but in the same way there are side benefits. Um, not only are you doing something, I mean, just, just do something because you should, you know what I mean? Yeah. The, the, the sort of altruistic motive, um, but also, it's it's a great way to help out in the community. So if there's going to be, you know, uh, soccer for the kids or, you know, a community picnic or those kinds of things, you know, help out, volunteer, volunteer to bring some food. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it doesn't take too much, but yet it can be a huge help not only to the community, uh, but also to individuals. And that's, that's another one is... Um, helping out uh, neighbors whenever they need it. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had an an elderly neighbor that lived next to us uh, in Ohio. And, you know, I gave her her, our phone number and said, hey, if you ever need anything, just give me a call. If you, Mm -hmm. you know, if you never need me to run to the store and get you something, just let me know. Or if the weather turns bad, you know, if the power goes out, whatever it is, just give us Mm -hmm. a call, let us know. Um, And just kind of putting yourself out there that way and making yourself available. uh, And, you know. Like I said, it might be something where that might come back to bite you a little bit because <laughs> you know it might be one of those people that uh will take advantage of it and yeah. and I mean you have to handle that at that point, but that's not that's not a reason to not do it right um so the next thing would be uh develop patterns which why don't you talk yes. about this one a little bit
2: and this can be important because often you People work the same shift. They're always at a certain place at a certain time. So building a pattern is a great way to <clears throat> encounter the same people in the same situations kind of on a weekly or a monthly basis, something like that. I had a pattern that I would always go to, go over to my mom's house on a certain day of the week and then we would go to the farmer's market by her community, which was a different kind of a farmer's market. It wasn't like an open air one. It was... um more like a grocery store kind of farmer's market but so when we were there every week we would see the same people um which was kind of nice because then we got to know the people there because it was always the same person so you develop a relationship with those people and you learn about their families and that kind of stuff which is nice um and then always going to the same place so having your stores that you go to so we would always go in on we knew that this is a good example we knew the work hours or the schedule of the different people who worked at the post office in the library. So mm-hmm. we knew whatever day we would go in, who we would be encountering. So we knew if we went to the library or to the post office on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, or Friday, and we didn't go during lunch, we would see Nice Guy Doug. Who uh, was Nice the guy, guy Doug. The guy the I miss Nice Guy Doug. Good. Yeah, and he was really great. And so we'd go in and talk to him. And I mean, I was at the point where... When Doug got a new dog, he made sure to show me pictures of this new dog and he would ask about Lucy and, you know, that kind of thing. So you develop. I mean, these are people who I talk to several times a week for 12 years. So you're going to build a relationship with these people if mm-hmm. you try to maintain a schedule so that you can do that. Because otherwise it's, it can be a little more difficult if you're seeing different people in there all the, all the time.
0: And just take a few extra minutes in those situations yeah. too, to, to just say something that will start a small conversation. Yeah. And obviously, again, be mindful. Situational awareness right. is such a, a lost art, it seems. Right. Um, you know, if there's a line,
2: yeah. but you can have a small,
0: yeah, well, you can have
2: a conversation, you can still engage with someone while they're doing their job and you're waiting it doesn't have to be just awkward silence there are yeah. things that you can say and learning the art of having a small conversation is also probably a good thing to do as well you mm-hmm. know try it out maybe the person's an introvert and they're not quite as good at it as, <laughs> as others but you know you learn after a while what what works for different people what works in different situations that kind of thing mm-hmm. um yeah like the library we were good friends with the ladies at the library and the mm-hmm. ladies at the bank. And, you know, at Christmas time, we would take everybody at the the bank and the library and the post office, caramel corn, and, mm-hmm. you know, they'd get so excited, which was good because they always treated our packages very well, <laughs> which was kind of nice. <laughs> yep, definitely. And then the ladies at the library would save out books for us when a new book or magazine would come in and they thought it would be something we would like. They would always save it out mm-hmm. and give it to us when we came in so you know developing those kinds of relationships. not only did we then have great relationships with these people and it was just it makes it nice to go to the bank because then you're visiting with your friend when you go there and mm-hmm. the post office and that kind of thing it just makes those everyday experiences that can be mundane much more enjoyable i think our neighbor bj was telling me about how she always goes to the grocery store on the same day and her kids love the lady that stocks i think the dairy aisle she said and they know the lady's name and i can't remember what it is but she said they went there one day and she wasn't there and the kids were like where's judy i can't believe judy's not here and so i mean as even those kinds of patterns going to the grocery store on the same day my mom always did growing up and she would always check out with the same clerk um because she liked the lady and kind of had a relationship with the lady and they would chat while my you know she was checking my mom out that kind of thing i mean those small things it's not necessarily a community that you're going to necessarily build a big web around but you never know i mean mm-hmm. maybe
0: You never know what that's going to lead to.
2: Sometimes, you know, I, I could probably ask nice guy Doug at the library or at the post office about like, if he knew where to find X, Y, or Z, if Mm -hmm. I needed it, you know, and he probably would have a couple of ideas. So,
0: um, the next thing would be, and I kind of mentioned it before, but, uh, like local sporting events. If you like sports, if you like to watch sports, then go to local sporting events. Right. Um, if your kids are involved in it, then get involved, you know, with it. Mm-hmm. It, it, volunteer to coach, volunteer to bring snacks for halftime or whatever, uh, whatever the sport might be and, and get to know the other parents that are, uh, you know, that have kids on the team or that there's a lot of adult leagues for sports. Mm-hmm. Um, Even if, like, individual sports like running, uh, there are running groups Mm -hmm. that form where people get together and run to train for a certain Uh, race or for... uh,
3: Right, or
2: even just... I When I was uh, running a lot, I joined a thing in Northeast Ohio. It was kind of a Canton-based thing that was the Subway Challenge Series. mm -hmm. And so they would have banquets and they had a couple of groups that would get together at different times and train. But if nothing else, I never trained with a group. But they had local races, a series of, I forget, it was like 20 different local races that were all part of the subway challenge series. So you knew when you went to one of these, you know, or 10 of these races, you could run that you think you had to run five or 10 or something like that, but you could run all of them as well. You knew you were seeing the same people at all of these races because they were all part of this challenge series and you had the little chip on your shoe and all of them, you got a special chip for this race. So you knew anyone that had that special chip was part of this. So you could talk to those people. And I mean, when I was running races, I would see the same people at every race and chat with them while you're running Mm -hmm. and you know, that kind of thing. So that's an, yeah, there's definitely a lot of ways to depending on whatever your, whatever your hobbies are or your interests it's there's always something you can find in your area that a great way to interject yourself into the community.
0: Yeah, and when you're having these conversations, not only should you be situationally aware, um, <laughs> but you should also uh, you should really educate yourself on a variety of topics mm-hmm. because then you can carry on a conversation about just about anything. Yeah, um, and that's where. The, a lot of times your interests will come through and that's, you find uh, people of like interest right. and you start to converse about these things or people ask you questions about your interests. So mm-hmm. the ladies at the library, to go back to them for a minute, uh, they would always ask questions about gardening or mm-hmm. about some of the things that we were doing around the house. Um, in fact, the the lady, uh, I think I talked about her on the podcast last week. Um, the lady at our new library. Yes. <laughs> and we went in and she said, Are you Mr. Chiotes? You know, and uh so a lot of times you can build conversations off off your interests, but it's good to know about a variety of topics so that you can talk uh knowledgeably about things yes. um you know sort of outside your your sphere. Yeah, um,
2: outside of whatever you view as really interesting.
0: Right. Another the thing you can do is to um, get involved in local community groups. So find a church. Um, mm-hmm. if,
2: church is a great way to get involved if you're of the religious sort. I was talking to my friend Joan um, one day, and she said she's not religious and doesn't attend a church, but one of her uh, best girlfriends does Mm -hmm. said, you know, I love that everywhere she goes, she has an instant community. She said that is just really a really great thing about being religious and being a a church goer because Mm -hmm. you can find a church and you're in a community, um, which is kind of neat. So that's a great way to build community as well. If if you're religious, you know, find a church that you can get involved in.
0: And there are also civic clubs that you can join. Exactly. Um, You know, the the masons the lions the eastern star the elks Elks, the i don't even know all these clubs even a um like a why is it leaving me like a sporting what are those called like the ymca no 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 well the well kind of no but that's not what i was talking about the um Like hunting and fishing club. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, like the sportsman's club. Yeah, like a sportsman's. Thank you. That's what I was looking for, sportsman's. Couldn't put (laughs) men's in sports. I don't know. Uh, A sportsman's club, uh, like a shooting club, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, where guys get together and shoot trap or do target practice or or those types of things. Again, that's, you know, a similar interest that you're gathering around um, or something like the Masons or, or something like that where it's, you know, community involvement and doing activities for the community. Uh, or, you know, join the volunteer fire department if you have one in your town. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's one of the things that I did to get to know our local community a little bit better. Um, and if there's no clubs or anything in your area that uh, are interesting or or there's just none at all, I felt like that was kind of the way in Ohio a little bit. Yeah. There wasn't really much that we were interested in or Mm -hmm. that was kind of geared towards us, um, start one of your own. Uh, Why not? You know, if, if you're really into gardening then start a gardening club and do garden tours of different people's gardens Mm -hmm. and who knows, you know, it might be three or four of you, but that would be fun. Yeah. And you get to chat about a topic that, you know, those people are interested in too. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and you can build the community from there. Um, And, i think the big takeaway from all of this is that it does take work yeah community doesn't just happen uh if you if you sit in your house and watch tv all the time and don't go outside and don't do anything and you know you're you're not going to have a community um or you won't have a strong one that's right. for sure. It, it
2: and it can be inconvenient at times. Yes. It's like any other relationship. It takes work, it takes investment. Um it takes not being not building community and uh, the with the expectation that the community is going to do something for you. It right. takes building community because you want to be part of a community and you want to help other people and just get to know other people and just build relationships for the sake of building a relationship, not for the sake of getting something from someone or building that relationship for some specific reason, just to have that relationship. And, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Maybe in the future you can do something for them or they can do something for you or maybe, you know. Maybe not. Maybe not. But, you know, community is just about getting to know the people around you, getting to know people with similar interests as you. uh, um, You know, you could be a part of a bunch of different communities Mm -hmm. um, as we were in Ohio. We kind of are a little bit here as well. But yeah, I mean, it just makes your life so much richer. It certainly takes more effort Mm -hmm. um, and it takes time It takes away from some of the other things you might want to do. Or sometimes you just want to be lazy and sit around and not do anything. But, you know, you have a community event that you probably should go to. Um, But it definitely is a lot more rewarding than being not, like, not being in a community. Yeah, It's worth the investment and worth the time and worth the, sometimes it can be a huge hassle. But it's definitely worth it.
0: Mm Mm-hmm so that is community building and that's kind of how we see it if you have any ideas on how you've built a community or things that you're involved in your community then we'd love to hear about them uh come on over to cultivatesymbol.com and if you click on the uh the episode then we have comments down below and you can share that in the comments with uh with everybody else and we in
2: this community because it is kind of like a community and that's
0: that that was one thing i was going to say is that over the years, it's interesting how um a community has formed around Chiot's run obviously people with similar interests mm-hmm. um and a similarity in that they've all experienced the blog. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds kind of weird but but it's true yeah. and and then people do share ideas, and I know that when um, you get
2: to know people, even if it is just kind of a virtual yeah friendship um yeah.
0: And there are many people on the blog that are, have been commenters for a long time that when you're talking with other people about those people, you say my friend in. Yeah. uh, Because, I mean, you do feel like you. Right. You know someone. But again, that goes, that just points out to somebody making a comment on the blog. That does take time. Um, And some people, when they make comments, they're very well thought out Mm -hmm. and very, you know, give a lot of information and links to other Mm -hmm. resources and those types of things. Um, And that takes time and that takes investment from them. But it all, you know, everybody gets something from that then. so And don't
2: underestimate the value of Facebook as far as community is concerned Mm -hmm. because it helps keep you connected with people. In your community, it makes it a little easier sometimes to communicate with uh, your neighbors or to learn about community events. Sometimes there are groups on there of uh, like your particularly immediate vicinity town. You might be able to find groups on there as far as different um, clubs, that kind of stuff. have a lot of Facebook groups. I know there are a lot of gardening communities that have town-specific gardening groups, they have Facebook groups for that. So that can be a tool as well. If you're web savvy and you're on Facebook and you like Facebook, uh, search out local restaurants and, you know, like their pages and read through their comments. And you might be able to connect with local people uh, that way as well. I'm a member of a bunch of different groups on Facebook, and I've been able to connect with people all over the country of just in different genres from you know, dog owners to garden writers to, you know, people who work in social media and that kind of thing. So it can be a really valuable place as far as, especially in professional communities to meet people. And I know other social networks are like that as well. I tend to focus on Facebook just because it's the one that I have time to invest in.
0: Right. So community. And that brings us on to the books of the week. So the books of the week this yeah, I week. I
2: wish I had some community-based one, but no. Yeah. But the first one kind of could go with the second one, I guess.
3: Well,
0: why don't you talk about that one first?
2: Rustic fruit desserts—you could yeah. definitely win lots of friends by making recipes from this book. Because that's they're how all I very first. Tasty,
0: and, and you mentioned the uh, uh, caramel popcorn. Yeah, or caramel corn that you make, yeah. and that's exact, that's how I got to know our neighbors. Yeah. Um, We'd lived in our house for many, many years—six I mean, or seven years—and uh, I'd never—we'd never met the neighbors, really. I mean, we'd see them, we'd wave to them as yeah. they drove by, but we never met them. So, you made some caramel corn, and I took it over to them and introduced myself and gave them a Christmas present. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, fruit desserts. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, delicious. This is a great cookbook, um, especially if you <laughs> oh, like man. fruit, fruity kind of things. Um, it goes through it's it's laid out seasonally, so it has which I really like because that's kind of how I live and eat. Right. So it's nice to me to look under spring and to see things that are what I would be finding at my local farmers market. Um and they're all just really great. The the Pan dowdy recipe from this is phenomenal.
0: One of our favorites.
2: One of our favorites for sure. And this um no that's not the one caramelized (laughs) pear bread pudding that sounds delicious i'm gonna make uh this is what i'm making we made a apple pie yesterday with cheddar cheese crust which is decent but i'm not much of a pie person so i was i liked it i was looking in this cookbook for apple recipes because we picked all of our apples off our apple tree and so i found um deep dish winter fruit pie with walnut crumb which actually sounds really delicious and it has apples and pears and um figs Uh, and what else does it have in it cranberries that sounds really good doesn't it with the walnut that sounds amazing i might put some crystallized ginger in it um but Any kind of, of fruit recipes, recipe should have
0: crystallized ginger. These that should recipes, just be like standard.
2: It's there's there. I don't think there's one in here that I read and I think, nah, that doesn't sound good. They're all just great. Cranberry buckle with vanilla crumb. Very good recipe. I've made that a lot. Pear sauce bundt cake with pear brandy butter glaze. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> these are the winter. Mimi's German apple cake. That's a good one. I've made that one before. Yeah, I've made a lot of these recipes in here. And I think every single one I've made has been phenomenal. So yeah, highly recommended. If you like to bake and you like fruit desserts, a definite...
0: Rustic fruit desserts. Worthy investment. I find
2: myself looking at this book and making recipes from it all the time. So, and the second book, which was the first book on the list, is called To Eat. And I mentioned this briefly a couple of weeks ago because i bought it because it's written by joe eck and wayne went Winter- around which are my favorite authors um kind of up, up there with john steinbeck um, they're tied for first um, it's a phenomenal <laughs> book i love their writing style it's just all about their edible gardens throughout their lives together and it's just really good i read it I bought it and then I saved it because I knew it would be a good book to read when I was taking my trip this past weekend. So I read through most of the book while I was flying or waiting in the airport because my flight was canceled or I missed my flight because our flight left late and lots of craziness happened, of course, which always happens when you're flying somewhere. But yeah, so great book. If you like their writing style, this is just a good book for a gardener, particularly one who likes to grow food. It's just a a great book. They just have feel-good books. You just want to read them over and over again. And then um, another good book, since it's getting into winter, I I always have a lot more time to read in winter, is called Tender by Nigel Nigel Slater, which is phenomenal. It's half gardening book, half cookbook, half just kind of a coffee table book. It's a beautiful book.
0: That's three halves.
2: I know, but that makes better than a hole.
0: oh ooh, (laughs) touche
2: and i actually haven't made a ton of the recipes in this book because i just love reading through the book and i it's just one of those books that i love reading and i love reading through the recipe it's like carrot cilantro fritters that sounds really good next time i have carrots i'm probably not going to remember i thought this (laughs) recipe is in here but i can read through it and imagine how delicious they are and maybe maybe someday i'll uh like cook through one of these cookbooks, you know, try to cook through and cook every recipe. Yeah. I do a pretty good job of cooking from all of my cookbooks that I have. This one just is one that I haven't, I've made a few recipes from it, but. But I like this book as far as a reading book. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great, particularly in winter when you can sit down and read, you know, right before bed in the evening, read about all the wonderful stuff you could be growing in your garden the next season. That it's book is a, nice the, uh,
0: you you get your money's worth out of that book, too, because it is, like, is a, like the family Bible. It's like a ton. That thing is huge. It is. I like when you put it down on the table. It kind of gives gives that yeah. solid thump.
2: It is. And he has a new one. or he, It came out actually a couple of years ago, not too long after this one, called, um, what's it called? Sweet, I think. Mm. It's about fruit, which I'd like to buy that one as well. Just because I really enjoy them.
0: So we will have links to all of those books in the show notes, which you can get to by going cultivate simple.com. and over in the right hand sidebar, you can click on uh, the current episode or the list of episodes and then click on the episode title and that'll bring you into the show notes. Uh, so make sure you uh, go over there and leave a comment about this episode or about anything else. Tell us or about your community or just what randomness is- whatever you want to do. Uh and again if you would like to support the podcast or the blog, uh you can find that information in the right hand sidebar as well. Um so that's it for this week. Yes, we're that was off a to drink long some
2: long one. Mold cider.
0: Yeah, mold cider. When Finally apple cider up, season is back.
2: Moldy cider. <laughs> moldy
0: cider. Yeah, we like our mold cider. Usually this time of the year, uh well last year this time of the year i say usually like Every we've been year. doing it for I, well but yeah but on, now we do it on the on the wood stove yeah. uh we just usually you know leave it on there for four or five hours yeah. just kind of brewing and bubbling away and makes the house smell nice and then mm-hmm. you get an awesome drink at the end of the day yep. so we're gonna go enjoy some mulled cider you enjoy a spiced drink and as you well you can go dwingle something you can dwindle it <laughs>
1: I'd rather be a farmer I'd rather work the land I'd rather see the mountainsides I'd rather see your hand I'd rather swim the ocean I'd rather not pretend Rather do some thinking now but somehow it all depends if I could fly. See my hometown I'd rather hold my wife I'd rather never question things That's the story of my life I'd rather not be crying I'd rather just be whole rather brave the cleansing fire, I'd rather feed my soul, if I could fly. into suggestions I'm crying out to you I'm ready to be finished here I'm ready for this scene If I could fly